We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thank you. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience. The time has come. This is the most hilarious movie bracket reveal and voting will open very soon. So here's what I want you to do. The opening thing is going to be the four play-in games for the most hilarious movie of 2000 to 2010. There's 68 movies in the bracket. You can find everything on my Twitter page at the PME, on my Facebook page at the PME or on my Instagram page, guess what? At the PME. Voting will happen on all three of those. So if you want to get into a draw for 20 DraftKings dollars, all you need to do is share that show on Facebook. You can put it in your story on Instagram or give it a retweet on Twitter. We want to get as many votes in these as possible. You do that, I can see who it was, and you'll be in that draw for 20 DraftKings dollars. You want to get into a draw for 100 DraftKings dollars? Easy stuff. Not only is this a video show, which you can find the links to everything, like I just mentioned, in the description of this video and audio podcast. If you subscribe to the audio podcast, The Pat Mayo Experience, leave a five-star review, your DraftKings handle, and something you enjoy about The Pat Mayo Experience, then you'll be into a draw for 100 DraftKings dollars. This is fun. Who doesn't love rapping about movies? Marcus Grant from NFL Network will join me after I reveal the bracket. So we need to queue up some fun, like, well, I was going to say, like, jock jams music, but I don't want to get sued for copyright infringement. So queue up the knockoff jock jams music as I reveal the bracket. First in the Will Ferrell bracket. And in fairness, none of these bracket names have any correlation to what is actually in the bracket. But number one in the Will Ferrell bracket, the number one overall seed, the number one of the one seeds, Anchorman is taking on the 16 seed, Death to Smoochie. The nine seed, Beer Fest, taking on the eight seed, Freddy Got Fingered. Two cult 
cult movies going at it in the first round. The five seed, I Love You Man, going up against Walk Hard. Number 13 is a play-in game, and the play-in game is going to be, and again, these are the first things that you can bet on or you can vote on before we actually get to the actual bracket votes. Elf, the Will Ferrell movie, going up against Blades of Glory. So two Will Ferrell movies going at each other in the Will Ferrell bracket for the right to go up against Forgetting Sarah Marshall, the four seed. If Elf wins that, maybe he could beat Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I hope not, but that could be the way we're leaning here. Three seed Wedding Crashers against 14 High Fidelity. 11 seed A Mighty Wind going up against 6 seed Euro Trip. 7 seed Mean Girls going up against 10 seed Me, Myself, and Irene. 15 seed Bridget Jones's Diary taking on the 2 seed Tropic Thunder. And the winner of the Will Ferrell bracket in the Final Four will take on the winner of the Judd Apatow bracket with Superbad coming in at number 1. That will take on American Pie 2. In the first round, Harold and Kumar's the nine. Wet Hot American Summer is the eight. Bad Santa is a five seed going up against one of my favorite all-time movies and likely first round, Sacrificial Lamb, Kiss Kiss, Bang Bang. Then we have a play-in game for the 13 seed. That will be Pineapple Express versus Grandma's Boy. Two stoner movies going head-to-head against each other for the right to play Road Trip, the four seed in the first round. Then we have Dodgeball, the three, going up against Devil Wears Prada, the 14. Knocked up, 11, against Clerks, two, the six. Jackass, the movie, is the seven seed. It's taken on Shrek, the 10 seed, in the first round. And then the 15 seed, Dude Wears My Car. Funny movie, not as funny as the two seed Step Brothers. So I expect that one to be a gigantic blowout. So the winner of the Feral and the Apatow bracket, they're going head-to-head in the final four here and in the bottom side of the 64 or 68 movie bracket the ben stiller bracket which actually has borat very nice as the number one seed up against love actually the 9-8 is hot fuzz against legally blonde the 5-12 hot rod is going up against the play-in game as the 12 seed is going to be a coen brothers play-in game burn after reading versus oh brother where art thou we get to play Hot Rod in the first round. After that, Napoleon Dynamite is up against Talladega Knights. That's a 13 versus a 4. The 3 against the 14 is 40-year-old Virgin against Mr. Deeds. The 11 seed versus the 6 seed. This has upset potential written all over it. Snatch against Meet the Parents in the first round. 7 versus 10, Best in Show against the Mel Gibson, Helen Hunt classic, What Women Want. Simpsons movie is the 15 seed. Zoolander is the two seed in the Ben Stiller bracket. The winner of that bracket will go on to the final four to face the winner of the Vince Vaughn bracket, which has the hangover as the one seed against Joe Dirt. Scary movie against Idiocracy is the 9-8 matchup. Role Models is a five school. Rock is a 12. Miss Congeniality is the 13 seed. It's going up against Team America, World Police as the four seed. Super Troopers is a three. My Big Fat Greek Wedding is a 14. The play-in game of Thank You for Smoking, which has probably the best character name of all time with Aaron Eckhart as Nick Naylor, hardly ever, and going up against I Heart Huckabee's, the David O. Russell movie. The winner of that play-in game is going to go up against In Bruges, dark comedy classic. Seven seed, Shaun of the Dead, going up against 10 seed, Royal Tenenbaums. Ocean's Eleven snuck in as a 15 seed and draws old school in the first round. Those are the brackets. Once again, 
You can find all of them up on my Twitter page, my Facebook page, and my Instagram page. That's where all the voting is going to happen. The seeding and the voting for the four play-in games of the 2000s bracket is up right now. Again, it's 2000 to 2010, so any movie after that, not eligible to be in the bracket right now but those votings for the play-in games are going to be up and then shortly after that the first round bracket by bracket will go in so keep coming back keep figuring it out and i'll try to update the links of the podcast and the video uh, for as much as possible and we have an entire 90s bracket to go to and if you've missed any of the shows so far we whittled down the list of the 90s and the 2000s over the course of four shows to try to get it down so a lot of movie talk in those joining me now from nfl network to discuss this bracket the one seeds, the two seeds, the biggest sleepers, what we think is going to happen. Marcus Grant from NFL Network. Marcus, I reach out to you for one reason and one reason alone. Well, it's not even just one reason. The main okay. reason is you're the only other person I know who shares a love of Venture Brothers as much as me. So I figured, yes. hey, you're, you're going to think along <laughs> the same lines as I am. Yeah, you know, it's funny, too, because I uh, was randomly talking to, to some friends and former colleagues, uh, and somehow a Venture Brothers reference came up. And it just reminded me that, like, at some point in the next couple of weeks, like, I need to go through and do a rewatch. It's been a while since I went from start to finish and watched the whole show. So, so I think I'm, I'm overdue for a Venture Brothers rewatch. It, it's a tough show to find. Like, is there, maybe it's because I'm in Canada, you're in the States. Do you, is there, like, a cartoon network on demand? Or at least an OTT for that? Because I, I can't find it anywhere besides there is, internet um, places. <laughs> there, there, there is, uh, but I don't know that they have them all. The, the one place I know that pretty much has every episode is Hulu, at least here in the states so i can go uh, i can go hulu the only problem is then you have to you know i don't i'm too cheap to pay for the commercial free version of hulu so like i i have to stop and watch a commercial break every you know 10 15 minutes oh man a commercial break every 10 to 15 minutes what, i know what, what world is this sorry this is I, didn't, I didn't didn't i thought i thought it was america i thought it was the land of the free <laughs> yeah no free except for like you know if you have a hulu subscription yeah, uh, communist China Hulu just trying to get you to watch commercials. <laughs> Who knows what's next? Anyway, let's talk about this bracket. So the big thing is, like, I have the Will Ferrell, Judd Apatow, Ben Stiller, and Vince Vaughn region. And, you know, the Vince Vaughn region is a bit shaky in terms of naming a region after someone. But the regions actually have nothing to do with what's actually in those brackets. They're just fun names. I had to name them something, so why not go after this? If it was you, because it feels like Farrell, Apatow, and Stiller were pretty big influences, at least on the hilarious movies of 2000 right. 2010. Right. Vince Vaughn's debatable. You could throw, like, Paul Rudd in there, Adam McKay. Like, is there anyone you can think of that would have been a better fourth choice? No, I feel like, though, maybe with Vaughn, maybe you, you double up, so it's like the Vaughn Wilson uh, bracket. You know, you put him with Owen Wilson, since they seem to be something of a team at that point. Uh, you could even go, uh, you know, just based on a couple of the movies here, like a Peg Frost sort of thing. Uh, but I don't know that there's one standalone. Oh, I guess I think like maybe Jack Black. Would Jack Black work as a as a um, as a bracket? I guess so. Like I almost threw the I can't remember if the Tenacious D movie fell in this decade or not. I thought about it and I was like, the movie's just not that funny. Well, what am I gonna do? <laughs> so with Jack Black, like I think his only movie on here where like he's the guy is School of Rock, and yeah. that's basically it. Like Jack Black's not super hilarious when you get too much of Jack Black. Right. Right. Yeah, that's, I think that's fair. I mean, I think yeah, because when I think about his best work he was sort of a featured player. He was not the the main guy. I mean, I think of, you know, like High Fidelity, which to me is maybe his magnum opus. 
uh, even even his cameo in Anchorman, which was was amazing, but it was brief. Um, so I think you're right. I think in terms of trying to carry a film, maybe that's not his strong suit. So the big things now, I've went through this, I've put in all the seeds, and I might even give you a, a scratch off if you think there's an egregious error that has okay. happened in this bracket. If there's a movie I've missed, because I'm just a human. I missed this. It <laughs> happened. I tried to run it by as many people as possible. This is what we're doing right now. So is there a movie that you fa- feel that has been left out of this 68 movie bracket? <laughs> No, I think I think you pretty much hit the big ones. Uh, I mean, I will say, and you know, just to, I guess sort of dive right into it. I was mildly personally offended that uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou ends up in a play-in game. Like, I feel like they should at least have been a low seed. Like, they sh- they should have been uh, an entry into the tournament. And so the fact that they have to play their way in that 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 chaps me a little bit. So here's the thing. A lot of this is content-based. So I thought if I paired up two Coen Brothers movies and put them against mm-hmm. each other, so one of the play-in games is Oh Brother, Where Art Thou against Burn After Reading. I think you can make a viable case that both should probably be into the bracket, but I believe they're playing for a 12 seed in mm-hmm. order to get in. But I kind of want to do a standalone show if I have enough time on the play-in games, and that just gives me an excuse to like really hunker down and talk about Oh Brother, Where Art Thou. Right. So <laughs> it could work in and of itself to try to get more exposure that way. But I I, here's the funny thing about Oh Brother Where Art Thou that I think the people forget is the soundtrack. That soundtrack amazing. sold so many fucking copies. It was ridiculous. It was amazing. Although it's funny too because, you know, I, look, I understand that it was a depression era film and we're <laughs> watching it with a, fair, uh, with a friend who hadn't seen it. I mean, I'd seen it several times and I'm watching it and, and she said, man, these, these songs are really depressing. I was like, well... Yeah, you're right, but it's it's a depression era movie, so like, yeah, I guess it, it's only fit, fitting that the songs are depressing. I think it won a bunch of Grammys as well, if I recall. I think so. I think you're right. I mean, there's not a whole lot of entries into the bluegrass section, so maybe it's <laughs> it's how I'm going to win my Grammy at some point. I'm going to find the most <laughs> obscure category possible and just like do a whole bunch of stuff on that and enter, see if it works. Hey, why not? I think William Shatner. Yeah, I think like William Shatner has a Grammy for like best spoken word album. I feel like if if Wait, Bill is that Shat- when he did is that when he did Rocket Man, like the spoken version of Rocket Man or something like that? I think so. The one that I, I just the only reason I know what that is is from like season one of Family Guy. Yeah, I think I think that's how most folks know it now is the is the Stewie Griffin spoof of it. Um, although if you actually go, I think it's on YouTube. And the I would say this: Seth MacFarlane they did an excellent job of spoofing uh, the actual video. It's it's shot for shot exactly the same thing. Yes. So, I mean, <laughs> if I can just figure out the videos that haven't been seen that people have forgotten and then spoof those <laughs> shot for shot, I hope I too can be like sign a five hundred million dollar contract with someone. That'd be great. Would be nice. I could be. Listen, I have the look to be low rent Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> do you do you write songs as well as he does and do multiple voices? Uh, no. When you have oh, a voice oh. like when you have a voice like me, uh, it's hard to do other voices. Yeah, that's fair. All right. So, did you have any take on movies that were overseeded besides Oh Brother Where Art Thou, which was underseeded? Like right. Anchorman, Superbad, Hangover, Borat as the one seeds. You could probably talk me out of a couple of those, but I had to make a choice. This, these are the four choices that I made. Do you got a problem with them? Uh, not really. Uh, I mean, I think in terms of, of their impact and, and sort of their staying power, uh, I think they're fair. You know, it's, it's funny. I, I don't know that Borat has had maybe the staying power of the other three, just because like, and I, I, I base that 
you know, and this is my own, you know, weird, weird thought process on this, right? But like Borat is the one that, you know, TBS can't replay on an endless loop on like any given long holiday weekend or something like that, uh, mostly because the, the content would be really hard to do. <laughs> but I think in terms of its impact, like what the way it hit audiences when it first came out, I think I think it's fair to kind of put it there. I, I would say that maybe I'm trying to think. I, Wedding Crashers is one that I go back and forth on because I feel like the first maybe half hour or so hour of Wedding Crashers is amazing. Um, and it, it lags a little bit once they get to the island and it sort of bogs down in the whole Owen Wilson, Rachel McAdams. Uh, and I get it. It's, it's sort of a rom-com. But I felt like that's sort of where it bogged down. And it was like, you know, Vince Vaughn uh, and his misadventures out there on the island kind of kept it, kept, it, kept it moving along a little bit more. Yeah, but a good comedy, it's hard to do, even if it's short, like, let's say it's like 70 through, not even 73, 87 minutes or even just under 100 minutes. It's hard to go wire to wire and be hilarious the entire time. But, like, I agree with you. The opening of Wedding Crashers is fantastic. But, like, the first four minutes of Borat when he's in Kazakhstan are probably the funniest four minutes of the movie. And, like, it, it's something to come out of the gate swinging and be funny right away because that sticks with – that gives you a bit of a leash to be – a bit unfunny in part, not necessarily unfunny, but boring and nothing happening. Right. I mean, I think, you know, in, in Borat was, you know, it was, you know, it's, it's daily show esque, right? I mean, here it is. You've got Sasha Baron Cohen playing this character, but presenting himself like he is an actual reporter. I mean, it is, it is the best of, of what the daily show was, you know, at its peak when you, when you had, you know, the Steve Carell's and Ed Helms and, and those guys kind of going out there doing their thing. Um, and so I think, you know, so much of the comedy is based on other people's reactions and, and their, you know, their honest reactions, their honest answers to questions that are posed to them by a non-serious uh, reporter. Well, any, any other kind of takeaways from this, that stuff that surprised you? Um, yeah, I was trying to look, I'm looking at this, you know, it's, it's funny because I'm sort of remembering some of these movies. Here's the thing, I, I, and we'll get to this. I feel like Idiocracy is a sleeper, a huge sleeper in this tournament um mostly because i think of the times that we live in (laughs) in which it feels more like that movie was sort of predicting a future that we didn't yeah at the time it was like hey this movie is funny because it's goofy and silly um and and now it's sort of become almost a harbinger of of what life is and so i I feel like uh i think in terms of actual movies it is probably properly seated but I feel like it's also one of those it's, – it's that sneaky team that's poised to make a run deep into this tournament. Well, I was kind of looking that all throughout, and we had a discussion, Rank and I, on the 90s when we were trying to, like, whittle down the short list for mm-hmm. all of the movies. Like, there's some movies that you just can't include because they ruin the bracket, even though they should probably be in it. Like, I think that Fight Club is one of the funniest movies basically of all time like it's written it's a dark comedy like it's a funny movie but if Mm -hmm. you put fight club into the 90s bracket it's probably gonna win like it's like if you throw fight or pulp fiction into it like pulp fiction's probably one of the 68 funniest movies of the Mm -hmm. 1990s but if you throw that in people be like well pulp fiction is just the best movie so i'm gonna vote for that but it's the most hilarious movie so you cut if it's not in obvious contender in some of these you have to throw it in so i look at like the idiocracy like path to get through scary mm-hmm. movie will it beat scary movie i would think so i would vote for it uh, over right. scary movie and then it would face the hangover in the next round is the problem and which is uh, a rough rough draw yeah i like idiocracy more than the hangover mm-hmm. but i feel like i'm in the minority on that opinion 
Yeah, no, I think you're right. I mean, I think that's, look, I think the hangover is a legit one seed. And it's funny too, because I think, you know, I can't remember who it was, but you know, people talking about the fact that now when you, when you look at movies, there aren't a lot of big time comedies that come out in theaters anymore. It's just that I guess Hollywood and, and movie studios have decided that they're not quite profitable enough to make tentpole events out of. The Hangover was one of the last ones, arguably maybe the last one uh, that we've had because it's just it's just hard. I think to you know now that when you talk about tentpoles, you're looking at you know the MCU, you're looking at the Star Wars movies, all these big sort of blockbuster comic book action films. Um, and The Hangover sort of stands as maybe the last big time comedy that, that people really flocked to and, and made a, a huge success at the box office. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the last like, because there used to be a, th- and maybe the internet ruined it, maybe Netflix ruined it. I'm not sure what it was, but I saw almost all of these movies in theaters with my friends. Right. Uh, maybe I was a, just absolutely the right age, like from 2000 <laughs> to 2010. I was 16 to 26, so I had time on my hands. I would go to the movies, (laughs) and it just felt like we had less to do, although I'm sure we didn't. Like, I was, you know, drunk half the time, or I was high the other (laughs) half of the time, but, you know, if I was high, it didn't preclude me from going to the movies and laughing at a comedy. It actually probably enhanced the experience in some occasions. Little bit. Like, I remember going to the midnight show of Snakes on a Plane, and it, it was sold out, and it was one of the best times ever had in a theater that's the one thing that's why i was gonna do it from because i'm gonna do the 90s i'm doing this one i was gonna do the last 10 years but like i just didn't see those movies in theater with groups of people and right there is something about the experience of being in a theater with a lot of people laughing along that kind of thing that enhances these movies a lot like just to watch them on netflix just isn't the same no, 100%. And I, I feel like that goes, and that's why, you know, look, I, I don't get to go to the movies as much anymore, partially because I have a you know, one-year-old son, which you know, certainly hinders that sort of thing. But also because, you know, I, I mean, just a various number of reasons. But there are those films that you feel like you have to see in a theater, either because visually you think they're going to be stunning. I mean, I'd say like recently, you know, seeing 1917 uh, in the theater was incredible. Uh, for me, seeing like Into the Spider-Verse in the theater was amazing. But I think we've all sort of become, because of the internet and because of Netflix, a lot more selective about what we share as our communal experience. But it is kind of a reminder when you see that big movie uh, in a packed theater on a Friday or Saturday night, there is, you know, there, there's nothing that compares to it. It just, you know, certainly sitting on your own couch, eating your own popcorn doesn't doesn't beat that communal experience of watching a film. Well, I mean, there's the communal experience and you hit on the other one, the popcorn. You just can't make that popcorn at home. It doesn't make it the same. No, I've experimented too. you know, I I have my real butter. I add in some salt Mm -hmm. into the butter, even a little bit of olive oil. You put that into the microwave, but you just can't like you you pop the bag, you open the bag, you try to put it in, you shake it up. It's just not the same. It sucks. I will say I will say if you want to go the extra mile, right, just 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 take that extra step. Uh, if you kind of mash up or you know, grind up a little garlic and then mix that in with your butter and pour it over the popcorn, that's that's legit. I can I can get behind that. I can strongly yeah. endorse that. Since I haven't mentioned <laughs> this on any of the movie shows, this does seem a good time to put this out. Pat's famous butter trick at the movie theater. If people don't know, if you're new to the show and watching it, I do have a trick out there. I've mentioned this in the past, but it's not in this series of shows. And I feel like if theaters ever reopen that you might want to try this out you get your bag of popcorn and you don't ask them to put butter on it because they're going to do a really shitty job of putting butter on your popcorn what you do is walk over to like the self-serve now the butter is granted shittier than it would be than them (laughs) 
I will concede that. But what you can do instead is you grab a straw and you put the straw into your popcorn. You put it all the way down, jam it in. Then you go up to the thing and then you press the button and put the butter through the straw so it butters the bottom. Then you jack it up a little bit like that. Then you get the mid-tier of the butter. Then you shake it around a little. Then up a little bit more. Then the next tier. Then on the top. And that way, your butter is leveled at each part of the bag. So it's not like you got the soggy popcorn on the very top. And by the time you get to the bottom, it's just dry and cold. No, no, no. no. With this method, you get butter all the way through. And it's a nice even distribution. That would be the one thing. My one tip. I'm wrong about everything else, but I'm not wrong about this. You, sir, are a genius. I, I will try that if if and when I ever get to go to a movie theater ever again. I Maybe they'll never open again. Who knows? <laughs> and like, what was the last... So you say you saw 1917 in theaters. I saw 1917 mm-hmm. in theaters as well. I thought that was a movie that justified going to the theater because I'm like you. Yeah. My son is 14, 15 months old now. Not good mm-hmm. with dates, but I don't have a whole lot of time to go to the theater anymore. So, but it just... Hearing about the movie, I didn't really want to know anything about it. So I went on like an afternoon. It's like, this is a movie I need to see on the big screen. I need to be able to Mm -hmm. hear it with the proper sound. It's just one of those movies. There are very few like that. Like superhero movies can work the same way. I don't really care about superhero movies. So Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go see the MCU stuff or the DC stuff. The only other one I think I saw in theaters was probably Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And that's one I want to see like opening (laughs) night. Yeah, no, same. I uh, I got to see that one. In fact, uh, I think uh, we, we had grandparents in town to, to babysit. So it ended up being a date night uh, for us to go see Once Upon a Time. And because I am I am a sucker for a Tarantino film, and that was one I had to see in theaters. Yeah, I didn't want that one ruined for me. I just I also always forget how long Tarantino movies are. Yes. Like, if someone had told me it was like three-ish hours, I would have been like, yeah, maybe I will wait. Because now that it's out on demand, I think it's on HBO that like, mm-hmm. I just click through the channels and it's on like, I'll just watch it for an hour. It's like, I, I probably could have just watched this one from home. Like I probably didn't need to see it at the theater, <laughs> but I wanted to see it at the theater. No, agreed. A hundred percent agree. I, I, when he, whenever I see a Tarantino movie come out, I'm like, yep, I'm going to go see it. I don't really care. I'm just going to go here. Take my money. Let's go. One movie I wish I would have saw in theaters. Although I don't know if I would have had the time ever for that. It was the Irishman last year. Like, I still haven't seen it. Like, it's one of those things Like I start it and then like, I, you know, I think, I think Adam Rank actually said he, the idea is to like, you should binge watch it like a, like a TV show. <laughs> like you just watch it in like half hour intervals and you come back every day and you just watch another half hour interval of it and, and well, keep going that way. Well, if they had just put it out as a four part miniseries, I think more people would have watched it. Cause I, I, for the longest time, like I wanted to watch all of the movies nominated for best picture. And I was just like, it was the last one on the list. Like, I can't do this. Like it's right. going, it's going to suck me, suck the life force out of me. And it was good. I watched it in three parts because you know, mm-hmm. I would sit down, you know, watch it for an hour, go do something, bang out another like 70 minutes and then come back. But like <laughs> all so much was made about the visual effects, and, like the de-aging, like e- everyone in that movie looked exactly the same age at all times until the very end when they were super old. Like they were calling Robert De Niro kid at one point. It's like, he looks like a 70 year old man. What are you talking about? <laughs> okay. I'm glad you said that because I, that's kind of how I felt. And I just didn't want to say that out loud because I didn't, I thought like maybe I was the weird one. Uh, I mean, there was the other part too, where early on De Niro is, uh, you know, beats up the the shop owner, and you can just tell by his movements, and he's trying to kick the guy. That like, no, you're still like a you know seventy something year old man who's been de-aged digitally. I just, but I I I, I wanted to know if that was just me, and so I, that makes me feel better hearing you say that. Yeah, there's also a weird part when Robert De Niro, uh, you cut out on me. It's like maybe this is what you just said, but like there's a part in the movie where he like roughs someone up, but. Yes. 
Yeah, but he's like an old man. Like he moves like yeah. an old man. It just it's yeah. fucked. <laughs> no, absolutely. That we we watched that. And we're like that was like maybe the last part that I actually got to before I fell asleep and they sort of gave up on the movie. But I'm like, no, you're still an old guy. Like you're still an old guy. Yeah, like yeah. No, no no one's buying like decrepit Robert De Niro going around <laughs> like beating up some like thirty year old. It's just not happening. <laughs> Like Joe Pesci, like looks, he's the only like you can de-age Pe- Pesci with like his wardrobe <laughs> in a weird right. way, and like mm-hmm. he's always kind of looked like that, so it makes some sense. Like even in Raging Bull, where he's obviously forty years younger, but like he still <laughs> looks a lot older than he was. That you know the age gap doesn't seem so insane with him versus Pacino and De Niro. No, a hundred percent. Like, you know, I mean, Joe Pesci has looked the same age, you know, from, you said, Raging Bull through Goodfellas, uh, through the Lethal Weapon movies. He's, he's pretty much kind of looked the same. So you identified Idiocracy as like a sleeper in the Vaughn bracket. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think there's a sleeper in each of these brackets? Because in my mind, I'm looking at the Stiller bracket right now. And mm-hmm. Best in Show is a seven seed. I don't. I feel like no one has seen Best in Show, and this becomes a real problem. But if people mm-hmm. have seen Best in Show in bigger droves than I think, I think it's going to do really well. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I've seen it. I, I love the Christopher Guest movies, and Best in Show is legitimately a sleeper. And see, But I feel like the, the movies that I identify in this bracket as sleepers maybe win a game. Um, I could see... I could see Napoleon Dynamite winning a couple of rounds. Oh, I, think, I hope I not. think that could do well. I hope. <laughs> really? Really? I, I re- see, I went back and I, I did try to re- – I couldn't rewatch all 68 movies and then do another 68 right. movies. The quarantine hasn't been going on that long. But I went back and I watched Napoleon Dynamite, a movie that I thought was hilarious when I saw it in theaters 20 years ago. And I watched mm-hmm. it. I was like, this movie is fucking horrible. Like, it is a bad, unfunny <laughs> movie. <laughs> So maybe maybe it's the nostalgia. Maybe that's where I'm speaking from is the nostalgia, but I feel like it could win a couple of rounds. Uh, the other one that sort of jumps out to me uh, as, a, as a potential uh, sleeper where to go, well, and this is only my, my personal preference, but I think Snatch can win maybe a couple of rounds. Um, you know, I, I think it can give at least the 40-year-old virgin a run for its money. Uh, presumably that's what it would run up on in the second round. I think, I think it could challenge. I, I think Snatch is a legitimately hilarious movie. I think Brad Pitt, you know, was lights out as, as Mickey uh, in, in that one. Um, and look, no matter what Jason Statham does, uh, he, he's still, he's still Turkish. Like that's always what it's going to be. He's, but he does just play Turkish in every movie. He just plays right, more, yeah, yeah. You know, like in the Fast and the Furious movies or Transporter or my personal favorite, Crank. He's just Crank. more <laughs> aggressive Jason. Crank is a fucking awesome movie. It is it's kind of a fun movie, yes. yeah. And then, and then Crank 2 is just the same thing. So I was like, I'm in. I'm in on Crank 2. It's exactly the same. This is perfect. Why, why would you change the formula after the first one? There are two movies like that, which I just absolutely adore. Crank is one of them. The other one is Shoot 'em Up with Clive Owen, which is an amazing, amazing action movie. I have not seen Shoot 'em Up. It, it, like, it was one of those things where, like, yeah, one time I'll get to it, and I just have never gotten to it. I, I remember, I guess, like, another one that I remember watching at the time, and then I think I watched the DVD when it came out, and it had this thing mm-hmm. with the director where he animated the first, because it's so in batshit insane, that he animated mm-hmm. the first 15 minutes of the movie to show the producers, like, what this was all going to be about. And they were like, all right, if you did all this work, then I'm probably going to make <laughs> you the might movie. Well, it's going to be fine. Let's just make the movie, yeah. right? <laughs> And, like, Clive Owen had a moment in, like, the mid-2000s. I don't know whatever happened to Clive Owen. I don't know what he's doing these days. I saw him in a commercial, and he looked like... It, 
whatever reason, like, he looks like he's four feet tall. I don't know what the commercial is for. I just like, is that Clive Owen? He looks like Minnie. I don't know what's going on with him. I just never bought Clive Owen as a tough guy. Like, when I saw him in, like, Sin City, right? And I'm just like, eh, yeah. I'm just not buying it. As, like, this tough guy in a, like an, in a noir film. I'm like, I... Yeah, no, no, you need to be like doing period pieces, like romancing duchesses or something like that. I feel like that's that's his his wheelhouse. I, I think if just he needed to lean into be Clive, just play Clive Owen in every movie, be like handsome, older fella. Like, right. Like he's really good in Inside Man. He's actually really good in Closer, too. Those would be like, okay. and and Children of Men. He's awesome in Children, Children of Men. Children of Men. Well, children, okay, I'll give you that. Children of Men. But but he's just playing Clive Owen in the movie. He's just like, I'm Clive <laughs> Owen. There's weird shit going on. <laughs> I'm in the future. No one can have kids. It's perfect. <laughs> it depends. I, I think, and I noticed this with the challenge, or not the challenge, the reality TV bracket that The Ringer just put out. It ended up with two mm-hmm. challenge people as one. It ended up CT versus Bananas in the final because that has so much to do with the readership of what The Ringer goes along with. So right. I have a feeling that people who watch this show or if it gets shared around, that it's going to be shared by like not necessarily like-minded people, people from the same It's going to be a lot of guys voting in this is what I want to say. So right. there is a chance that if it gets shared enough around that movies like Legally Blonde, like female-centric comedies, like mm-hmm. are going to do a whole lot better than the representation that they got in this bracket. No, you're right. Like, you know, Bridget Jones's Diary, I'm just being honest, it's going to get crushed by Tropic Thunder. Like that, that will be one of your more lopsided uh, you know, that that's going to be like Kentucky versus Coastal Carolina sort of thing. Like, that's not going to be close, um, just sort of based on, on on who I think is going to be voting in this. Uh, I will say, though, um, I guess you talk about female centric comedies. I think Mean Girls will do well uh, just because I think for a lot of us who watched it of a certain age, I mean, look, there were there were crushes to be had in that film. Uh, and I think some of the nostalgia of, of seeing, you know, Lindsay Lohan and Rachel McAdams and, and Lacey Chabert. Uh, will we'll kind of help propel it. I, I expect it to to get out of the first round. Um, and, you know, I think it will, re- will acquit itself fairly well just based on uh, on who the voters may potentially be. Mean Girls has stuck in my mind so long, I watched five episodes of Lindsay Lohan's Beach Club last year. On purpose? Yeah, on purpose. <laughs> yeah. You're a better man than I. Yeah, I've never seen that she had a show, and I'm like, that's... That's cute. Yeah, it, uh, uh, <laughs> it, 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 uh, it was not good. Not great. Although there was this guy, <laughs> her business partner from Greece, and his name was Panos, and he just smoked really <laughs> long cigarettes the entire time, kind of like uh, Sasha Barrett Cohen and Talladega Nights. That part mm-hmm. I really enjoyed. Uh, everything mm-hmm. else was just kind of horrible. So feral, feral Bracket. So Death mm-hmm. to Smoochie gets a 16 seed. That's all based on... My friend Tim was on the show. He made a case for Death the Smoochie. I was like, you know what? I'm going to throw you a 16 seat here for your favorite movie, Death the Smoochie. It was just like mm-hmm. in the 90s bracket, he got King Ralph into it. But <laughs> there's a couple in here that are tough. Like, I don't know how people feel about I Love You, Man, but a very funny movie. Forgetting mm-hmm. Sarah Marshall could win this bracket. I mean, could you see Anchorman losing? I guess is the thing. I mean, that would be, I think, the upset of the tournament. If, if Anchorman did lose, I mean, I guess it's possible, but I really feel like, I mean, that's a movie that one, it, it hit, uh, it hit hard when it first came out. And of all the movies that I'm, that I'm seeing here, I mean, it is probably the most quoted one, uh, you know, and, and look, if, if we are using, you know, quotes and memes and, you know, all the, all the internet uh, you know, jargon that, that hangs out there, Anchorman 
sort of is at the top of the list of all of those. And I think just using that sort of as, as exit polling, uh, I feel like Anchorman, you know, if, if Anchorman doesn't get to the final four, if it doesn't get to the championship game, I, I almost consider that uh, an upset at some point. Well, I mean, if everything goes as it should by the seating, but you also like this, because I threw this out here to a couple of my friends when I was going through it. I was like, what do you think the hardest bracket is going to be? And no one said the feral bracket, but in this bracket, it has Anchorman, I Love You Man, Walk Hard, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Wedding Crashers, you already threw out High Fidelity, Euro Trips in here, and anyone who's seen Euro Trip is in on Euro Trip. I can assure you yes, that. Absolutely. Me- mean Girls is in this bracket, and Tropic Thunder's in here. Like, this is a tough, <laughs> tough bracket. It is a tough bracket. I mean, I do love High Fidelity. Uh, I mean, I think obviously I said Jack Black. I feel like that was maybe one of his best performances, but John Cusack uh, was solid. I also, as an aside, I think it's funny that Lisa Bonet uh, was in High Fidelity, the film, and now her daughter, Zoe Kravitz, is starring in a TV series version that is on Hulu, uh, where she basically plays the John Cusack character. Um, I mean, that's neither here nor there, just kind of an interesting side note. Um, is, it, is, but, that, is that show any good? I have not watched it yet. I just, I remember seeing an ad for it when I was like watching something else and I was like, oh, huh. So she's she's in the TV, TV version of a show of a movie that her mom did. Um, I would say that you talked about seeing movies in a theater and how fun they were. Like Euro Trip, I actually saw at home um but like i was high as hell and like i giggled endlessly <laughs> at Euro trip so um i you know i feel like you know I, I don't know how people feel about we talked about how they feel about the christopher guest movies i feel like that will probably have a pretty sizable victory over a mighty wind just because i don't know that christopher guest films uh i don't know if they hit the zeitgeist quite in the same way no the only thing that i th- believe people know about a mighty wind is the fred willard gif that's it yeah and they don't know what it's from (laughs) they don't know what it's from right uh i guess the other two like if there's big super troopers fans out there beer fest could do like all right and then there's a weird cult following for freddie got fingered there just is yeah there, there no there really is although i i would tend to land on the beer fest side of that ledger um you know, cause I, I, I do like the Broken Lizard guys. So between Beer Fest, Super Troopers, like I, I like those guys. So I, that's sort of where I would land. But I think that could be a very interesting first round matchup. Um, I, I have to ask you, though, do you of the four one seeds, which one do you think is the weakest? Which one do you think is most primed for potentially an early upset? I think Borat's probably the ease is the I mean, Borat might be. I mean, I think I think. I think if I went through this and had to think about it in terms of like most hilarious, like everyone's going to have their personal favorites. Like if it was me, like kiss, kiss, bang, bang would be knocking off super bad at some point, but I think super bad's going to win, but mm-hmm. I think Borat is the most susceptible because it's the most polarizing of any of these movies. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I, yeah. Cause like, again, like Anchorman, I think is, is to me kind of a chalk favorite to get to the championship. I think the hangover is going to go a, have a long run in this tournament. I think even super bad, I, I could see super bad getting knocked off by step brothers, um, you know, somewhere down the road. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if you don't see super bad in the final four. Uh, but I do think, you know, Borat, I, I'm just, I'm kind of looking down here. I mean, look at, I could see hot fuzz, taking it down potentially because I think that has kind of a nice cult following. I think Hot Rod has an interesting following that that could make life tough for Borat. Like I don't I don't see a lot of easy wins for Borat in this tournament. 
No, and like I said, the, the Stiller region is kind of packed. There, are, It's funny how many good comedies came out in this 10-year stretch. Mm-hmm. That there's mm-hmm. no real, like, the weakest bracket is probably the Apatow bracket, which some people told me is the hardest bracket. But someone did say to me that they could see Bad Santa coming out of this region. Wow. I, I mean, I guess that's that's not impossible. I, I think... I'm just going through this real quick. Like Harold and Kumar, I think has a chance to maybe make some noise here. But but will will, will Harold and Kumar beat Wet Hot American Summer, a movie which I hate, so I hope it does. But I mean, I think it will. I feel like I feel like that has it has a passionate following, but I feel like it's a small following. Um, you know, it's it's like I think the the people who like it are small in number, but they are just very loud about their love for it. I would I, <laughs> yeah. I would also throw out that. You say that they're small in numbers. I bet you they're small people too, like short people. <laughs> Who knows? They may, they may be, they may be a diminutive folks. Like yeah. I, you know, I really don't know. <laughs> like I, there, there's a chance that no one over five eight likes this movie. I'm just right. I'm just sample yeah. size of people that I know that like Wet Hot American Summer. That's what I'm throwing. They're all out. they're all shorter. Okay, yeah, I get that. So, but yeah, but I'm so I'm looking at that bracket, right? I mean, look, uh, Harold and Kumar, I love. Uh, Bad Santa obviously is great. Uh, I think Road Trip, you know, has a could make a strong showing. Dodgeball as a three seed, like, man, that's a that's a tough three seed for Dodgeball. I'll tell you that. Uh, and look, I'll say this: the Dodgeball Devil Wears Prada matchup is really interesting to me. And I think that that could be a, a fun matchup to watch. It's only fun if people share the show around, so enough people can see it uh, <laughs> that women get to vote in this. Because if it's just guys voting, like Dodgeball is going to win yeah. ninety nine to one percent. I mean, I'll say this because, like, I sort of resisted seeing Devil Wears Prada for it's a great. long time. And, it, yeah, I, like, I saw it. I'm like, well, like, why did I wait? Why did I delay in seeing this? Like, I should have done this sooner. So, uh, yeah, I, I will agree with that. And, and there's three at the bottom end of this bracket, which could, like, Step Brothers is probably just going to murk everyone going through because you know, Step Brothers yeah. is Step Brothers. It's probably the right. strongest <laughs> two seeds. So, actually, this two seeds are pretty good, too. We'll talk about that in a sec. But, like, Jackass could hit people in exactly the right way. Like I haven't thought about Jackass in a while. Jackass, the movie was hilarious. And yes. like, if it's a certain, if we do think that it's a certain age, a certain demographic of people voting in this, then Jackass could do really well. People like Shrek just because people like Shrek. And then like, yeah. and there's the weird, almost like the weird wet, hot American summer people. There's weird Kevin Smith people who just, I mean, I love Clerks too. <laughs> it's the only Kevin Smith movie I like, but they might just hop on board for their guy. Kevin Smith. Yeah, I mean, I think so. Because I feel like Clerks 2, I mean, you know, Clerks was such an amazing, you know, phenomenon. I think mean, partially because of how it was made, because it was made so cheaply, um, you know, and, and it was like, you know, it was kind of his first big deal. Like, I felt like Clerks 2 was kind of a letdown. And so maybe you just have people who's just sort of ride for Kevin Smith and that's what what helps. But yeah, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's my personal preference. Like, I just don't feel like I would, I, I can't imagine it going very far. Yeah, well, I think in the 90s bracket, one of the play-in games is going to be Dogma versus Clerks. Or maybe it's Dogma versus Mallrats. I hate all three of these movies, so it's going to be really, <laughs> really tough for me. I hope they both lose, but do you like, do you like Kevin the, the Smith chase- movies? Hey, look, I like Clerks. Uh, I like Chasing Amy. Um, although I feel like if I go back, I haven't seen Chasing Amy in a long time, and I'm pretty sure that if I go back and watch it, I'm feel, I feel like it's not going to hold up. Um, I also felt like Joey Lauren Adams and Renee Zellweger were basically the same person for a long time. So um, there's that. I wonder how many movies that like his, obviously I didn't go back and watch all of them. How many movies do you think are like canceled now? (laughs) Oh, I'm sure a lot of them are. I mean, honestly, the fact that like, like Jay and silent Bob, I guess more Jay, (laughs) if anything is, is as a character would be super canceled nowadays. Yeah. 
But that movie is about offsideness. So maybe true. You get, true, true. Like you're supposed to know that these are shitty people and they do shitty things and they say absolutely moronic things that right they get a pass because they're so stupid and that's how they're written. It's not like a someone. It the the canceled part of a lot of this stuff I think comes in with when you're trying to sincerely write a good character, like someone who's supposed to be a good guy. And then like, Oh, he, he does shitty things. all, <laughs> And the they time. turn out to be problematic, like all the time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and that, <laughs> and that really crops up in like some of these movies, but like even wedding crashers crops up and you're just like, it was made in like 2004. Like, what do you want? Right. right. It, it's a, I, it's almost like the, someone asked me the other day, it's like, what do you think about usual suspects? Like, I, th- I feel exactly the same way about usual suspects as I did bef- pre Kevin Spacey stuff. It's a movie that came out 25 fucking years ago. Like, it's a movie. Yeah. And I think that's sort of the thing. Like, it's like, look, I, I'm still going to go back and watch the usual suspects, right? Like, I'm not going to not watch it because Kevin Spacey is a fucking terrible guy. Um, you know, I also think, I think with comedies, though, it's almost. I won't say expected to be problematic, but in terms of be, like you are sort of walking the edge of what is human decency, right? Like that's where you find the laughs at the very edge of human decency and human interactions. So like you are going to cross over into a lot of problematic areas. I think that's just sort of the nature. It's why you see, I think, so many comedians who come on Twitter or social media or whatever and say things uh you know even in stand-up special i mean that last dave Chappelle special like he just got roasted for saying things that people were like you can't say that anymore and it's like well i don't know i'm a comedian like it's sort of my job and it's it's a balancing act that i think you know users and consumers and, and viewers are sort of trying to figure out like what do we still consider comedy versus like hey you you actually probably shouldn't really say that yeah if that can't exist in comedy then we're gonna get no more comedies like it's right. gonna be the end of the genre Basically. yeah I, I like that the, the people would come out against Chappelle. he could just be like i'm fucking dave Chappelle. i can say whatever the fuck i want Chappelle. and like, you know like literally, literally the end of his show his like production card the end was i'm rich bitch like that was kind of like his attitude toward things yeah and, and what he's gonna <clears throat> say some real offside shit and people aren't gonna watch please right you're gonna stop now you're gonna watch even more because yeah. now i'm like i want to see what he said i actually like the second one that he did like i thought it was very funny Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I thought they were great. Uh, I mean, I still hang on to the, the the one he did with the four OJ jokes or the three OJ jokes. How he like he had the three OJ stories that sort of progressed through time uh, and just his his interactions with OJ, which I thought were hilarious. Vince Vaughn region for this with Hangover is the one seed and Old School is the two seed. I could see Old School mm-hmm. beating the Hangover. I could. Um, I I think the Hangover squeaks it out, but no, I I would not be surprised if old school old school wins that one um i'm sort of surprised and you know and look be i will say this be glad that you don't have adam rank uh, on this version because he would rail against you for having oceans 11 as a 15 seat um when it we, is one of his favorite films i listen i but again it's not the quality of the movie it's the hilariousness of the movie which determines right. the seating and that's what we should be voting on so i love oceans 11 too and I love Ocean's 12. And I just watched Ocean's 13, or at least like 45 minutes of it yesterday. I was like, yeah, I forgot Al Pacino and Ellen Birkin were in these movies. Yep, Great. Yep, yep. But I, I don't think that it's going to beat old school in terms of funniness. Probably not. I just, I wonder if, you know, I will say why well, I, I look back, maybe that's underseeded, but maybe it's a, it's a little bit of a higher seed. But yeah, it's not going to, it's certainly not going to beat old school. Um, the, there are some decent, like you mentioned Idiocracy. That's an eight seed in this region. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like Team America could have a whole lot of pull. Just like I think that yes. South Park in the 90s bracket is going to do a lot better than people think. Every time mm-hmm. South Park gets interjected into anything, it's 
it's weird that a lot of people just don't watch South Park or haven't thought about South Park in a really long time, and they're right. always shocked to discover that it's not... South Park doesn't have a cult following. South Park is fucking huge. But, yes. pe- mm-hmm. but people who don't interact with it just don't think about it, so they don't believe that anyone else does either. And then <laughs> all of the South Park people just flood in. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I am... So I'm going to maybe age myself here a little bit. Like, I am old enough that I was in college... Uh, when the the very first, like the prototype for South Park, uh, The Spirit of Christmas, which I don't know if you know the story, uh, Trey Parker, Matt Stone basically were creating a, a sort of a Christmas card uh, for folks, I think at Paramount Studios. And they created this thing called The Spirit of Christmas, which basically is like Jesus versus Santa. And they battle over who really personifies uh, the holiday more than each other. And it was absolutely hilarious. It ends up with the two of them kind of engaging in a street fighter style fight, like including shooting fireballs at one another. Um, and it became one of the, I guess, for lack of a better term, an early viral sensation where like, you know, people passed it to each other via email and what have you. And I remember getting that in my email, like as a senior in college or whatever, maybe as a junior in college. Uh, and that's when South Park first started to take off. So like I, you know, I haven't watched it. Like I, I went away for years and I came back and I've kind of fallen off, but it's amazing that that show has had the staying power that it has and watching it on this, on the big screen in the theater was, I mean, that was one of the most hilarious movie experiences I've ever had. I, I think it has staying power because unlike the Simpsons or family guy or any of those other animated shows that it changed. Yeah. Yeah, no, it did. And like, you know, I know the Simpsons movie is here and the Stiller bracket is a 15 seed, which actually I, I think is sort of fair. I, I just, I remember the, the anticipation and the hype for it not living up to the reality of what it was. Um, I appreciated the fact that they did more in terms of like, you know, they, they showed Bart nude uh, and they, 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 they cursed a little bit more than obviously they ever have on the network show. So I appreciated that they, they took the leeway uh, and kind of ran with it in terms of being in the theater. But I just remember uh, the, the reality of it not matching up to what the anticipation was for a Simpsons movie. So looking at the rest of the stuff, yeah, I, I was kind of out on the Simpsons movie. It's fine. It's just like it's like if you watch a new episode of The Simpsons now. Like It's not unfunny. It's just not right. hilarious. It's just not the same. Yeah, yeah. it's not the same. It, it's, it's the animation switch. Once they went digital and got away from like the hand-drawn cartoon, something happened. And yeah. it just, it wasn't as funny anymore. I don't know what it, maybe yeah. just, it had already been on for like 15 years at that point. So maybe that's what Well, it and it, it's going to go forever. I remember, uh, I do remember Matt Groening. I think he said this multiple times. It was like, he's like, I'm never going to just quit. <laughs> he's like, I'm just going to run this thing into the ground. Like they're going to have to actually cancel me and take me off the air. He's like, cause I'm just, I'm never going to just quit doing the show. Yeah. They cut him checks for like 150 million bucks a year. He'd be like, now nah, I'm going to stop. <laughs> Right. Can't do it anymore. <laughs> so idiocracy, you identified as a sleeper here. I like I love role models. Role models is one of my favorite comedy movies ever. So I hope that does well. Then you got Team America and Super Troopers in here. In Bruges, that people in the know know in Bruges is hilarious. And then you have like Shaun of the Dead and Royal Tenenbaums in this bracket as well. Like two movies that people love may not be like hilarious, hilarious, but funny movies that are also good movies. I'm just trying to think if anything can knock off old school here. Maybe it's Super yeah. Troopers. Super Troopers, I think, can. Look, I, I like Shaun of the Dead. I, look, of all the, the, you know, the Wes Anderson movies, like the Royal Tenenbaums, I, I don't know. I just, it just didn't hit me uh, in a big way. But I, I do love Shaun of the Dead. Um, I, I'm sort of sad that it, it is probably going to get crushed in the second round by old school. Um, but I think that was great. I'm trying to think, is there, is, is hot fuzz in this? Uh, was that, was that in this decade? Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a, a yeah. nine seed in the stiller. Yeah. So that, that, that's under the stiller. Like I, 
I think Hot Fuzz is funnier than Shaun of the Dead, but it's just lesser known for whatever reason. I, I don't quite understand why. That could do well. Like there's like you mentioned, Snatch could do well. Hot Fuzz could do well. Do you think Mr. Deeds has any legs whatsoever just because people love Adam Sandler in that bracket? No, I feel like that was sort of when things were starting to kind of decline for him, right? I mean, he had that run, the, the Billy Madison, uh, Happy Gilmore, like the Water Boy. Like he had that run of, of like three or four movies in a row, most of them in the kind of mid to late 90s that were just incredible. Um, and then after I'd say Big Daddy, things kind of started to, to go down. I think Mr. Deeds, wasn't, it wasn't terrible. You know, it's not Jack and Jill or anything like that. Um, <laughs> But I, I feel like it was sort of the beginning of the decline for the Adam Sandler comedy. And in that stellar bracket, you mentioned like that there's a weird hot rod crowd. I am a card carrying member of the weird hot rod. <laughs> I need to watch it again because like I didn't hate it when I, I I didn't think it was just like you know fall over funny, but I I did I did enjoy it. So it's the one I I do want to go back and watch uh, and see if I can pull something else from it that I maybe didn't get the first time. So we talked about the Borat's probably the weakest of the one seeds, at least for an upset. Of the two seeds, if one was to get up, upset and you have Tropic Thunder, Step Brothers, Old School, and Zoolander, which one do you think has the best, not even necessarily who it's facing, just on its head, which one do you think is the weakest of those? Ooh. It's probably for me, it might be Old School, but it's close. Like I think all four of those two seeds are really strong. Um I mean, Step Brothers, as you mentioned, Step Brothers is Step Brothers, right? Like that, that one legitimately could win the Apatow bracket. Um, you know, Zoolander, it's funny because when I first saw Zoolander, I'm like, this movie is dumb. And then I saw it again and I'm like, I don't know, this is kind of funny. And like the more times I've watched it, like the funnier it gets. But like the first time I saw it, I'm like, this movie is stupid. Like, I don't really, what's the point? Um, so I, I think, I think that, that will do pretty well. Tropic Thunder, um, you know, between between the the trailers, the fake trailers for the movies, uh, the Tom Cruise cameo uh, as the movie executive, and then even just you know Robert Downey Jr. Um, doing something that isn't Tony Stark, <laughs> you know, I think uh, I mean that that's got to be right in, in the last decade and a half. That his is his best non-Tony Stark role. Uh, I think Tropic Thunder is a, a really strong one. I think it still loses to Anchorman, but. That one, that one could go to double overtime before we get a winner there. Yeah, I'm curious to see how Tropic Thunder does. Honestly, like I, because mm-hmm. there's been a lot of blowback to that movie as well, True. Um, just because of Robert Downey Jr. And then like, it, it, <laughs> but it's all seems to be from people who have never seen the movie, which is just a really, it's a very 2020 thing to have happened to a movie. But just like people hate this movie, rail on this movie, hate Robert Danger. It's like, have you ever seen the movie? No, I haven't seen it. I hate it though. <laughs> right, I mean, which, just, I is, which I think is it's an interesting point, right? Because I mean, people I know people like railed against him being in blackface, but if you see the movie, you you understand that is part of it. He's not being rewarded or praised for doing it. In fact, the, the characters continually question, like, what are you doing? You know, like, yeah, why are you is, such a fucking moron? <laughs> right, like, why are you doing this? And so, like, I think I think it is weird that that the hate is coming from it when you know you have to you have to understand the context in which he's doing it and how the people around him are reacting to that. Because, I mean, if people actually watch that movie and want something to get mad at, it's probably Simple Jack more than, uh, simple Robert, Jack. Dan- more than Robert Absolutely, Danny it's Simple Jack. It is Simple Jack. Do you, so, yeah. uh, do you watch MTV's The Challenge? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan, this season, basically has donned a Simple Jack attire. He wears overalls and has the same haircut. 
the haircut. Yeah, I mean, but see, he, except that he's created like a, a railroad tycoon mustache to go along with it to sort of like throw off the look a little bit. But yeah. So, so he's half, he's half, he's like 75% Simple Jack, 25% like Daniel Plainview from There Will Be Blood. Yeah, basically, yes. I mean, you know, if he runs over, if he runs over to Wes and yells, I drink your milkshake, then I think, you know, we, we've got something here. Yeah, I mean, Without sports going on, the challenge is, is as good as we. It is, I, it, it, is it, it, it is more. It's more of a sport than I think the like the professional Korean baseball league is at this point. I'm not. Wait, I just I tweeted this you know, earlier at, at some point. Like I I'm not waking up in the middle of the night to watch Korean baseball. I, I look. I love. I love baseball. I do. I love it to death. I if sports cannot be played during my normal waking hours, then I'm just out. What do you think the final for this bracket is going to be? In the uh, the Stiller bracket, or just the whole thing? Just the whole thing. Just in the who plays who in the final here. I think, and look, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. It's gonna be very chalky here, but I'm gonna go Anchorman v the Hangover. Uh, I just think, in terms of, you know, probably just kind of extrapolating who will be voting in this thing. Uh, again, the exit polling being, you know, memes, uh, gifs. All those sorts of things, quotes uh, that get used in context. I think those two probably have the most. And so, like, you know, I'm going to go with a pair of one seeds getting to the final in this thing. Yeah, well, unlike the actual NCAA tournament, like the the ability for upsets in this, like the chalk is going to be the chalk because they're the most popular. So it is probably <laughs> going to be two one seeds facing each other. I'm going to go super bad against the Hangover, which is weird because the Hangover is my least favorite of the four. It's not saying I dislike the Hangover. The hangover is fucking hilarious. It's a one seed, but of the four one seeds, it's my least favorite of them. No, that's fair. I, you know, it's it's one of those movies that like. I know they, you know, they made what three of them because you know they they kept making money, but really like they should have just left it alone after the first one. There was yeah. really no point to coming back and doing it again. Yeah, I mean it was such a big hit that you had to make more. But they weirdly enough that because of the contracts that all these guys signed at the beginning of Hangover, that they were contractually obligated to appear in up to mm. two sequels for like no money. So they were like, well, we have Bradley Cooper. He's now like the biggest star on the planet. Star, right? Galifianakis <laughs> is like having a moment. Let's just throw them into movies. Oh man. Which is funny. Cause like, you know, I, I saw part of the second one. I didn't see the third one. Like is Doug actually in any of the movies? Like he is part of the group. But, like, Doug is sort of like a the invisible character in, in all these movies. Yeah, I never saw two or three. Never had never had a whole lot of interest in that. Yeah, I, you know, like I said, I didn't make it all the way through two. And, like, I had zero interest in seeing the third one. All right. That'll do it. Pat Mayo Experience. 2000s. Most hilarious movie bracket. If you hit the description of the video or podcast, you can find the links to where you can vote on this stuff. It's going to be on my Twitter page at the PME and my Instagram page at the PME as well. Marcus, where can everyone follow you? Because, I mean, more people, like eight times as many people follow you as follow me. But <laughs> if they don't know, where can they follow you? Uh, yeah, on Twitter, at Marcus G. It's M-A-R-C-A-S-G. Uh, and uh, I'm, I, I ostensibly do fantasy football stuff, but uh, <laughs> if you scroll through most of my tweets, very few of them are actually fantasy football stuff. So uh, I, for those of you who follow me, I, I appreciate you sticking with me. Yes, yeah, so stick with Marcus, then you can just turn on NFL Network and be like, oh, he's up there too. Perfect. He's yeah, every- he does that he's stuff. Everywhere. Everywhere. He does that stuff. <laughs> it's fine. I, I didn't really want to arrange it that I had you and Rank on. Like, it, I was just like, who do I know that likes movies? Maybe, maybe that's a, maybe I can get hired by NFL Network. I like movies. Hey, <laughs> most of our in-office conversations have nothing to do with football, so you probably would fit in well. Yeah, I don't know if my wife's going to let me move to America at this point. I'm not going to lie to you. 
Yeah, well, she might have a point. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I would do it in a heartbeat, friendly viewers out there. Don't worry about that. My wife, she's a, she, she doesn't want to move to the other side of the continent and be away from the family. Let's just put it that way. Anyway, I'm Pat Mayo. Like I said, PME, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can vote on all three. Hit the description, and you can find the days when everything comes out. The play-in four is going to be the first voting, and then we're going to re- we're not going to receive, but we're going to put those into the bracket and check all of them out, and we need you to share this around. We need you to tell people. We need as many votes as possible, and hey, maybe we can keep the series going and start doing other ones too. There's also going to be a 90s bracket, and the winner of the 2000s bracket is going to play the winner of the 90s bracket to see what was the funniest movie of those 20 years. But other than that, I want to thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.